Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And if you're a new listener to I Work For Him, you may go, Jim, seriously? No, really. This is the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Nobody in Christian talk radio talks faster than me and covers more in one hour just hold on. We're going to have some fun today. How many of you have been told that you need to have a quiet time? You know, that you need to have a daily devotional time. But do you even know how to start? What are you, what are you supposed to be doing? I mean, you know, quiet time. What does that really mean? Really, in today's world, what does quiet time really mean? What does it involve? Does it involve your cell phone? No, it does not involve your cell phone. Have you ever been through a discipleship class that taught you how to have a true quiet time with your Lord on a daily basis? Is it even necessary to do it on a daily basis? Yes, it is. Today, we've got Pam Wolf from Identity and Destiny, and we are going to tackle spiritual disciplines. All year long, we've been talking about the things we learn about ourselves when we go through Identity and Destiny study called Finding Your God-Given Sweet Spot. Today, we tackle the spiritual disciplines, and Pam, we probably should have left, you know, like eight weeks for this. I know, I know. So this is, this is not, you know, we, there's so much to cover, but the whole idea is for you guys to go and get it today, over lunch, a good buddy of mine, Rich, I've been talking with him, he's a, a fairly new follower of Christ, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm really not sure what I want to do with, uh, I'm kind of tired of retirement. I'm like, but I'm not really sure what I'm equipped to do. And I said, okay, let me give you a book that will change your life, a workbook that will change your life. So I walked them over to the back of my little Scion and I pull out of the back. I always have an identity and destiny in the back of the car. And I give them identity and destiny. I said, listen, going through this workbook is going to change your life because you're going to learn about yourself, things that you never, ever asked questions about. But the last four weeks, when you learn spiritual disciplines, the enemy will do everything he can to keep you from finishing. Pam, why is that? Why, why does the enemy, why, why? Why is it so hard to finish, but so easy to start? I think that actually what God did with identity and destiny, <clears throat> excuse me, is he packaged the idea of having a quiet time with him in this thing called purpose. Because yes, he wants us to know the purpose he has for our lives. But I think more than that, he wants to just be in relationship with us. And we think about spiritual disciplines, some people who struggle with a quiet time, have never done that, don't even know what that means. Spiritual disciplines may sound even scarier than having a quiet time. And so as I thought about that, I think what spiritual disciplines teach us is how to hang out with God, well, just I, how to hang with him. 
I mean, that's very well done. A lot of people think spiritual disciplines, they think that's when we get in trouble. Yeah, right. No, but, but this is learning spiritual disciplines are the things that will transform your walk mm-hmm. with Christ. This is the intimacy that Christ died for on the cross so that we could have this with our Heavenly Father. Amen. And, and when I think about a quiet time, what God has shown me over time is that it is a time to figure out how to get quiet enough to listen. Because a lot of my prayers during the course of the day as I'm chatting with the Lord, I've been very convicted about this lately. Um, it's it's uh, me doing a lot of asking and a lot of talking, mostly asking. And so what I think he's wanting to do is say, be still and know that I am God. Yeah, that be still thing. The only time of day that I do that really well is right when I get up. Because yeah. if I, once I get going... Turn the computer on, turn my phone on, I'm done. You're Can't done. Can't get it done. You know, today we're talking with Pam Wolf from identityanddestiny.com. You want to bless your family, your friends, your coworkers with one of the greatest gifts ever known to man other than Jesus. You want to give them something that they can work through and learn about themselves, transformationally really changing the way they think. This $20 investment called Finding Your God-Given Sweet Spot from identityanddestiny.com the best investment. Absolutely. It is the greatest. I always have Bibles in my trunk and identity and destinies in my trunk and then halftime. And that comes as no shock to anybody. And I give these books away all the time because they are transformational books. They help shift your paradigm. Get a copy for everybody in your family. Then husbands and wives go through it together. Husbands and wives with teen kids go through it together. It's great. Get it for your mom, your dad. It is unbelievable. Martha picked out a verse for us today, Pam. Jeremiah 33, 3. Mm-hmm. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. But we got to ask. And that's really these spiritual disciplines. We were talking about being quiet, and you're a lot quieter than me. But Tom yeah. and I are a lot alike. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, we're like bull in the china shop kind of material. And being quiet is tougher for some people than others. Yeah, well, I'm a high eye, and it's tough for me to be quiet, too. So it, it, there's, there's several of the personality style, styles that I think struggle with that. Well, there's only several personality styles, so if they're all struggling, it's probably one of those things. Do you find your head not to, you have a hard time getting your head to stop thinking? Absolutely. Everybody does. And in fact, that's why we do. I know I've met people. They don't. Have oh, a well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it I looks guess, like there's mud going through. Yeah, I guess we all know those. But um, I, I think that one of the things we, and, and for me, the discipline part of this is learning to discipline yourself to sit down and, and carve out that time. For me, when I get up in the morning, I began, I began to spend some time with the Lord, whether I'm reading scripture or praying or whatever I'm doing, one of the spiritual disciplines that we'll talk about later today. I, once my brain wakes up, I'm already thinking about work and life and kids and my list of things to do and all this stuff. And I have a very hard time keeping myself focused on what I want to be doing with the Lord. And so go, having some set ways to approach him, set things that you can do while you're interacting in that time and space with him, I think helps you get your brain focused on the thing you want to focus on. The other thing that I do is I keep an eight and a half by 11 ruled notepad next to me. Yes, just like the one Jim's holding up, although That's you right. can't see it in Radio Land. Um, For it, those of you listening to the live video, oh, there's no live video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do is I keep that, and I, I put it there, and as I think of something that I'm thinking, if I don't go do this or whatever, I'm going to forget it, I write it on that list so I can know that it will be there when I'm done. 
And that has helped me keep my focus better than anything I've ever done. Simple, but very effective. That's the one page you need to add to the spiritual discipline section. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As I was learning the spiritual disciplines that you guys outline in in Identity and Destiny, Mm -hmm. that was the one thing I had to do, too, because I'm always thinking. And if I'm thinking... I, I got to write it down or I'm going to be angry because I don't remember it. Because you'll forget, right. And I write it down and then I can just keep going. I can go right back. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing. One of the things that I love um, most is journaling. And whether I'm praying or whether I'm doing what we call dialogue journaling or I'm doing any of these forms of spiritual disciplines, it seems to me that if I'm writing at the same time that I'm reading scripture or um praying, like I write my prayers out, that helps me stay focused. And what I've had happen is I'll think that just because it's my quiet time, I shouldn't think about identity and destiny and work. But what will happen is during my prayer time, most of the marketing copy that we that shows up on our website or in brochures have come to me during prayer time with the Lord in my quiet time, and you will find them in my journals mm. because he's talking to me. He's given me insight and wisdom that I don't get if I don't spend time with him. And I, I would echo that, although all of my stuff comes to me from the Lord at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, well, that, yeah. Well, that's when I'm the quietest. Yeah. I'm rested. He can and, actually get a word in edgewise. Yes, <laughs> it's embarrassing, but that is my quietest time. It just And, and you don't have to be in my head to understand that. But, you know, hey, listen, I want you to get ready to buy a copy of this for your family. Identityanddestiny.com. And if you're a longtime listener, I believe Pam and I just calculated this is the 17th time on I Work For Him I've highlighted Identity and Destiny. And let me tell you why. Thank you so much. It, 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 is, it touched my life. And I have seen it touch the lives of hundreds of others, and you've seen it touch the lives of thousands of others. Mm-hmm. This is just an incredible investment. And, and I just, I, listeners, if you take any advice from me besides joining the I Work for Him Nation, make sure you read your Bible every day. Get a copy of Identity and Destiny. It will transform your life, your relationship with the Lord. Pam, before we dig deep into spiritual disciplines, I, I, I we were looking into 2017. Right. You know, it's that New Year's resolution time. I'm not asking you New Year's resolutions because I think those are goofy. Mm-hmm. But if people have them, that's why you should buy Identity and Destiny because you should do this in January and February. When you, What do you want to see the Lord accomplish using you in 2017? Oh, gosh. Um, there's uh, a lot of things. Uh, I'm going to have to pray and find out which of are of him and not of me. But the one thing that seems to be um, taking place finally is with a spo- another sponsor of I Work For Him, which is um, Patrice Seguet yeah. and the Nehemiah Project. I've known him for four years, Tom and I have. We attended a conference at the request of a friend of ours, and we really didn't have any idea why we were going. But over the four years, God has connected us um, as friends, um, as sojourners for the Lord, they have a distribution network of a curriculum they've written called Biblical Entrepreneurship. It's I'm awesome. A certified teacher. It is an awesome curriculum. Recommend it. Uh, In but- fact, next week we've got the young biblical entrepreneurs coming over from Orlando awesome. to share from the urban, how it's impacting them in the urban environs over there in Orlando. I am so excited to have it. We get like three teenage kids coming And over. Nehemiah Project is now in 26 nations with their curriculum. He loves identity and destiny and wants to make it part of their worldwide curriculum. So we are in discussions right now for them to become 
the worldwide distributors of identity and destiny. That's fan. That's so fantastic. Would that be a hallelujah? That would be very huge. <laughs> I've already told. I've already told halftime that it should be part of everything they do. I mean, every time mm-hmm. I meet with a CEO of a of one of these organizations, these workplace focused organizations, they're like, "Hey, have you heard about identity and destiny?" Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't. I was talking with somebody about it yesterday. Oh, I was talking to a pastor at uh, in North Tampa, or actually in North Pinellas. And I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of it? You seriously, this is something that needs to be used. But again, you know, churches think they get everything figured out. No, <laughs> I'm getting off that soapbox. Come on, Jim. Okay, spiritual disciplines. We've talked. So we've let spent... me let me just say one thing okay, real quick. Ahead. There. Um, Are you going to get me? Some am people I get, get in trouble? no, 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 no. Okay. Some people get really kind of intimidated or threatened with the idea of um, even finding out their God-given purpose because they they don't they're fearful. They like, what if God gives me this huge big thing and I don't know how to do it or what if God calls me to do something I'm it's not really what I want to do or I feel like I'm capable of what I would tell you is when God calls you he will equip you but also it's not up to you he has sovereignly chosen you to play a part when he first started identity destiny he spoke into my husband Tom's heart and said this will be a worldwide ministry and we're like Seriously? How's that going to happen? <laughs> okay. So here we are, you know, seven years later, four years later, after our introduction to the Nehemiah Project people, and God has connected us with someone who is already distributing a curriculum in 26 nations. And transforming those nations yes. by teaching biblical entrepreneurship to people who are stuck in poverty and they're teaching them how to, I mean, the Nehemiah Project has made such a huge impact. And here's the cool thing. He and his wife were just in France where they are doing um, the biblical entrepreneurship curriculum. He texts me a picture of a young man that he saw, not connected to him, who was either in the airport or the hotel. I don't remember now which. But he had his backpack and was sitting on the floor and had an identity and destiny workbook in Paris, France. That's awesome. Is that awesome? You got a picture of that? I do have. You a, have got to text me that so we can post I will. that. Post I will. That. that is. Did he go up and talk to the kid? I, I, I'm assuming he did. We were texting. I'll talk to him after oh. he's back in the states. But God that's, is good. It's but that's not, cool. Yeah. It's it's um, it's 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 up to us to step into the calling, but it does not depend on us. What's up to us is that obedience factor. Absolutely. Just Everything else step. is up to God. Well, and it's the same thing with the radio thing. I mean, when 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 he approached me with the radio thing, I'm like, really? Yeah. No. Yeah. That is no. Yeah. No. And then I remembered how I've been praying, and I'm like, okay, yes, mm-hmm. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. This does not make sense. Really. I don't right. know, I'm still not sure it makes sense, right. but I know because I have run into people in all kinds of weird places. Mm-hmm. Not overseas, but I have overseas listeners that they come up and like, oh, we haven't listened to you. In fact, I'm like, really? I know. Isn't that awesome? I think it's yeah. cool. Well, and, and only God, only God. And that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So these spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. again, as we said at the beginning of the show, spiritual disciplines, Pam, <laughs> are, we're just learning to hear the voice of God. Yes, exactly. And and really it requires, you know, the, the whole Psalm 4610, be still. Mm-hmm. And know that I am God. Ooh, that's what my a best. Good God that's my voice. guess. God voice. <laughs> <clears throat> but just that that most quiet place. Now, the greatest place to be still and know that you're God is inside the Smoky Mountain National Park, where cell phones don't work, mm. and you're at the top of a mountain, so you can experience nature and cell phones don't work, and then you can really be quiet. Right. right. Except during a forest fire, that's a bad idea. But being yeah. quiet has been one of the. Th- if I look at my 37 year journey with the Lord, 
being quiet has been my biggest struggle. Right. I think finding a place in your home or um, not necessarily even in your home, it can be outside, it can be wherever you can go and and not be distracted by the things that distract you most. For me, um, you know, Tom and I are empty nesters. Before that, it would have been my children. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's my work because our offices are in our home. If I go in my office, my brain goes into work mode and I'm done. I'm cooked. I can't do it. And so my quiet time actually happens in my kitchen at our island. And I have all my books and I have all my stuff. And I sit down there at the island and I have a cup of coffee and it's just me in the kitchen with God. And that's it. And I don't, I don't, bring, I don't bring a cell phone in there. I don't bring a laptop in there. Nothing to disturb me. It's the only way I can do it. I, I have an Energizer bunny that I live with. Yeah. <laughs> My little wife, Martha. She, when she wakes up, she springs into action. But what's been cool the last 12 weeks, we've been going through experiencing God together. Oh, wow. Together separately. We haven't, we haven't done the together part because we're both just going through it together separately. Mm-hmm. But it's been good because instead of them in the morning, her jumping up and going doing something, we've both been sitting down going through it. So it's wonderful. Just being quiet. And yeah. I'm learning some great stuff there. I, I, it's, There's a lot of experiencing God um, quotes and principles contained in identity really? and destiny. Yeah, we are great fans. In fact, Tom reads his devotional experiencing God day by day. It's his seventh year reading it. Wow. Yeah. All right. So what are the specific spiritual disciplines? Um, first, I want to say that the whole idea behind this is to build relationship. The spiritual disciplines are to get quiet with God, but True Christianity isn't religion. It isn't rules like you've got to have this quiet time and here's how it must work and you've got to use these spiritual disciplines. All it is is find the ones that work for you where you can sit down and be in relationship with him. Because if you don't spend time with him, how can you ever know him? Right. How can, you can't be in relationship with God you don't know. So this is the way to get there. And with this, we teach five spiritual disciplines in um Identity and destiny, dreams, purposeful prayer, meditation on God's word, guided listening prayer, and dialogue journaling. Now we can get into those and oh, explain we're, we're those more fully. Get into those. But because um, people are going, maybe, maybe what, 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 yeah. what did she just say, and That's how right. do you do all that? But really, what it's about is finding the ones that really you're able to really connect with God through, and that you're enjoying. Um, because those are the ones that you'll use on a regular basis. Try them all. And what I've found is there have been seasons in my life where I've done, I've gotten more with one than another. And so if you kind of feel like you're going into a dry space with one you're using, switch it up and try something else. Now, Tom's always talking about using his, he's writing in his journals. Is he a daily yeah. journal writer? A daily journal, as am I, yes. And see, I can't do it. Yeah. I, I, I Once every couple of weeks, now when I'm, and I like to write out prayers. And I, again, I never, ever wrote in my journal till I, for this purpose, until I went through identity and destiny. Right. Never right. had ever done that. And did it work for you as it, as part of the process or was it just like, nah, this isn't working for oh, me? No, 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 no. It is, it is, it's seasons for me. Okay. I mean, I, I like to document what the Lord is doing. And a lot of that's documented in my emails because I'm always emailing about ministry mm-hmm. and stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. But so when I die, they just got to download all my 400,000 emails and make a book out of it. Mm-hmm. But it is, but the, the dialogue journaling mm-hmm. was the most powerful thing that I learned. Cause I'd never heard of that before. Right. I'd never heard of, yeah, is that true? Yeah. You did. I want to make sure I said the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dialogue mm-hmm. journaling. Mm-hmm. But, but you just, I mean, 
just going through this, the, the meditation on the scripture, given one verse, I mean, and there's a lot of practice. The cool part about going through the last four weeks of identity, I guess the three weeks of identity and destiny is it's practice. Mm-hmm. You you gave us options, opportunities to practice these disciplines. Right, right. Each Because it's divided into daily little segments of work. Five days a week. Five days a week. And so each day we'd say, here, do this discipline and this one. And we give you the little outline to do it. So it becomes something where you can just try these things and and practice them and become familiar with them um, and see which ones you're connecting with. Okay, so people are used to listening to you and I and Tom talking about identity and destiny, and sometimes Martha's getting in on the conversation. Give us a story of somebody who went through identity and destiny, and when they got to the spiritual discipline section, you started hearing from them, and they started telling you how much it impacted their lives. Um, I I was just thinking about that today. There was a a woman I was on the phone with as I was driving here to the station. And she bought our book at our book signing in 2011 and promptly did the study. And in the meantime, over the years that have passed since then, five years I guess it's been, she has um, left the job that she was in, started a small business of her own, trying to sort of whether that's really the right thing to do or not. And she said, I'm going away uh, on a long weekend for a, a, a wedding. And she said, I searched my house high and low to find my workbook so I could take it with me. She said, because I'm going to have some downtime. And I know that if I can go back and revisit what came out and the things that God showed me and told me during that time, if I had that workbook, I could go back and find my way again. Mm-hmm. So she knew that God had spoken to her, and she wanted to go back and revisit that. Well, and, and really, my pages, of some of them are dog-eared, and they're all yellowed. I was looking at that going, wow, this has got kind of yellow. Yeah. But it is, I do, I go back and go, because it, at the end, my whole purpose statement, I, I go back, how did I get that? Where did I, how did the Lord lead me through these weeks? So Pam, let's talk about these spiritual disciplines. Because I think it's important for people to understand. And the first one you listed was dreams. Yes. And we're like, okay. So Joseph had dreams. Mm -hmm. Jacob had dreams. John, the disciple of Christ, he had dreams. We have the book of Revelation. Yes. Um, Daniel had some dreams. Does God really speak to people through dreams today? Absolutely. Um, I've had those who've told me that he doesn't. But after personally experiencing it myself... um, does he always speak through dreams? Does he do it a lot? Um, maybe yes, maybe no. It depends on the individual. I try not to put God in a box, but I do know. Oh, say that again. I try not to put God in a box. So therefore, what she means is that if God has demonstrated a behavior in the past and it's documented, whether it's documented recently or in the scriptures, he's still perfectly capable of doing that today. Amen. You, you Christians who like to stick God in a box and say that stuff just doesn't happen today. Take the lock off. <laughs> Crying out loud. Yes. Um, so, but we can't assume that every dream we have is a spiritual dream or a dream given given by God to to give us wisdom or guidance. And so, what we did was do as much research as we could on the subject of dreams, on the on on studies that have been done, um, where people are able to say that God put a dream into their into their mind and into their heart. And, and one of the first things is, I mean, we dream all the time. Um, it's part of our process of relieving stress and growing and, and just moving forward in life. But if you have a dream and you get up in the morning and it sort of bothers you or hangs on and you remember it, write it down. Or if you get awakened at three in the morning, write it down. 
And it's not that that's not enough, but that's a starting point because God's making an impression perhaps through that dream. And then what he wants you to begin to do is look for what comes next. Look for um, confirmation, things that people might say or do. My own experience with dreams, my first was before I was even saved. I had a dream about my grandmother, and I won't get into details because we don't have time. But the neck, I woke up that morning and remembered and thought, well, that was kind of weird, but it was so nice to see her again. On the way to the Bible study that day, there was a pastor who came on and began to talk about exactly what I had dreamt about with my grandmother in that dream. And through those circumstances, that was the day when I went to the Bible study that led to my day of salvation. The whole story is laid out in the book, but God used a dream to save me. God speaks through dreams. And I agree. I, I find that I have funky dreams when I eat chocolate before I go to bed. <laughs> but when I have a dream that I remember in detail when I wake up, I write it down. Mm-hmm. I don't always understand it, but mm-hmm. I, I will tell you one of the things that the Lord has done for me is when he when he lays somebody's face in my head, 100% of the times when I wake up, I call that person the next day and say, the Lord dropped your face in my mind. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to be praying about? Consistently. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. I'm like, nope, not weird. That's what God does all the time. What's going on? Tell me. And I, sometimes I have to ask two or three, four times. And people go, okay, fine. There's something going on. I lied to you. I had one guy say, sorry, I lied to you. I told you everything was fine. It, it wasn't. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think what we have to do is believe um, that there are no coincidences. Yes, they are God incidences. They are God. God still uses dreams to speak to us. Yes, yes, he does. Let's move on to the next one because we're going to run out of time. Purposeful prayer. Tell me about that. Um, purposeful prayer is just saying um, have a purpose when you go to pray. Have, if, you are, if, you, if there are questions on your heart, let's say you had that dream and you're like, is this really from you or was this just something I ate before I went to bed? You know, which is it here, God? If, if you, but, but it's laying on your heart and you want to know. Purposeful prayer would be, God, I'm asking you to speak to me today clearly about this. Is there something that I need to know that you're ready to reveal to me about what I dreamed? And, and it's just, see, and then being quiet and just, a lot of times we think that if there's just some thought that flies in our head or some prompting that we kind of feel in our heart, like a, a tenderness towards somebody or something, that that's just us making it up. I think you need to learn to pay attention to those things. And it's not any one of them, but it's the collective. If you're asking God about something and he begins to show you and confirm things and bring people into your life, or, oh, by the way, you're reading the book of John this month and you open it and you're in John 3 and it says, my sheep will know my voice, or is it John John 10, I think? My sheep will know my voice. And you're like, huh. Wonder how I ended up in a verse that would talk to me like that when I'm wanting to hear God tell me was the dream for real or not. I get those moments when I've been struggling listening to the Lord and all of a sudden I'm having a conversation with somebody and they'll be saying, blah, 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 blah. Jim, this is God speaking. I'm gonna say something right here in the middle of the conversation. Then they go on and say blah 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 blah. And I'm like, Whoa, did you see that two by four? Yeah, I know. Where I where I know the Lord just spoke through that person. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what they said. Mm-hmm. But it was exactly what I needed to hear, and, and it and it was and it felt like a spiritual two by four. Yeah. We're like, oh, and and a lot of times, non Christ followers. And the ultimate ultimate test is God's word. 
it is alive and active. And it's what, not just some book that was written thousands of years ago that has no relevance. It is Holy Spirit filled and it is alive and active. And if you are going to, if you'll just keep your nose in the word, he will give you the answers you need and he will speak to you through his word. And, and what that really means, because that's that I struggled with that when I was growing up, like alive and active. Nope. I set it on the counter. It still hasn't moved. <laughs> right. But it's and he won't. It will not open itself. But what we're saying is when you're reading the scriptures, the Lord, you could read the same verse a hundred times. And several times when reading that verse, you can hear and see and read different things from the same verse. Mm-hmm. Because God will use that verse to prompt you, to touch you. To I mean, it, it is it is amazing. And how many times have you heard the story, I just didn't know what to do, so I just opened up my Bible and I flopped it open and then, <gasps> There it was. There it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard that story a thousand times, if not a million times, mm-hmm. because the word is living, breathing, and active. Well, and that's why I remember when the person who discipled me after I was saved, she said I could write in my Bible. That was like, whoa, I can write in my Bible? And I've learned to underline and date things. And so the way I know that exactly what you said is true is I'll go back and realize that I've read this scripture in 2012, 2013. 2016. And I'm like, I didn't realize I ever read that scripture because he's speaking to me in a different way through the same words right. because it's, I'm, I'm in a different place. I'm seeing and hearing it differently. Well, and the whole point of this conversation, as we talk with Pam Wolf from identityanddestiny.com, is that we need to know the God we serve. Mm. Jesus came to earth to show us who God really was. The religious people had him made out to be this ogre of a God. And Jesus showed us in the flesh who God really is. Mm -hmm. He wants relationship. Everybody that had a conversation with Jesus knew that he loved them. Mm -hmm. And their lives were never the same after they met him. And that's the relationship he wants with us. But we need to learn how to communicate with them. And some of this may sound spooky. No, it's not spooky. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Take it from a hard-headed, stubborn fool. I'm not talking about Pam. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> Although if Thomas here, he'd agree with me. Yeah. That the Lord can speak to you if you will just shut up and listen. Yes. yes. And these are some of the ways you do it. And Me- then to learn to validate it through God's word. I mean, if, and what, if it, what do you mean by that? It means that if God is telling you to do something, Search the scriptures to make sure that what he's guiding you and direct you believe that he's guiding and directing you to do is not in conflict with any of his righteous and holy ways of leading your life. And, and people are going, but Pam, it's 1,500 pages. Here's the coolest thing ever. A concord. A concordance in the back. Or the internet using Bible Gateway. Oh, that's even that. I know. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> you just type in, oh, uh, what about this, this, this? And you're like, okay. What? I always type in Bible verse about yes. whatever it is. And Bible Hub has a, lots of, I mm-hmm. mean, just a huge index. You can actually just put it in the Google search well, bar, scripture that says, and it will take you there. the Google. And <laughs> Google, not pro-Jesus, but ask the Google. It is powerful. Okay. Dreams, purposeful prayer, meditation. We just really talked about meditation. Let's hit it really quick, though. Right. Meditation is just chewing on God's word. People are now picturing ripping pages out of their Bible and swap. What do you mean? It means if you take a scripture, you can read it in its entirety, just one one line, one sentence, but then begin to break it down into bite-sized pieces, then break it down into word by word by word. 
And sometimes you will skim over it in a way that until you dissect it down into a word-by-word meditation on it, asking God, when you say for instead of with, when you say by instead of um, and, that changes the whole meaning. If you slow down long enough to really meditate on exactly what God is saying in that word. Now, as a high D, somebody who wants to accomplish things, I, when, I, when I was told that in high school, mm-hmm. I thought, but I'll never get through the Bible. I want to read the whole thing. I can't go through a verse like that a day. I would still be never gotten through the whole Bible. You don't have to do the whole Bible that way. You choose scripture that you want to meditate on. Yeah. All right. So listen, we're talking with Pam Wolf today from identityanddestiny.com. And we're talking about spiritual disciplines. And, and what, what we'd gone through already was dreams, purposeful prayer, meditation. And like what Pam was saying about meditation, so important to recognize what you're doing is you're, you're taking a piece of scripture and you are really listening to what is the scripture saying to you when you are uh, when you're reading it, because I, like I said before, when you read a piece of scripture, you may have read that verse. I, there's so many times I've read a verse and and I'm like, wow. And I've read my Bible 30 some times through. And I read it I'm like, I don't ever remember reading that before. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, absolutely. All right. So we're, we're having a little problems with Pam's mic. Well, we, now we go again. Okay. So Pam, go ahead. Go with that. So, Am I on? You're on. Oh, good. I took All her right. off. She was saying... No, she wasn't saying anything bad. It was just right. <laughs> technical. Mom, the enemy did not want you to hear what she had to say about meditation, chewing scripture so, piece by piece. So God may really want us to do this. And here's what I have to say. It's not about getting through the Bible. It's about getting the Bible through you. We'll say that again. That was really good. Slow, it's though. not about getting through the Bible. It's about getting the Bible through you. When I first read the, the one-year plan, the first time I ever did it, it took me two and a half years. Because I just kept wanting to slow down. And I finally felt the comfort of God that I could just slow down. I did not need to do this in a year. It's a great format. I love the format. But I didn't have to rush it. No, you don't. And you can, if you just take some time. I did, a couple of years ago, I did the chronological Bible Oh, in I a want year. to do that. That opened up my eyes to so, I mean, just it was amazing just to see... It basically took uh, kings and took all the prophets and shoved it in kings and chronicles. And then it took the uh, the acts and it so took all of the epistles. In, it's written in the order it actually occurred, yes. oh, historically. That just helped me with that perspective. Because when you read yeah. read the prophets, sometimes you're like, yeah, but I don't get what he's talking about. Right. And it goes or back she. and forth. And- yeah. Yeah. No, good stuff. This is a fun conversation with Pam Wolf today from IdentityAndDestiny.com. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things... That it, if you really want to explore your faith and take it to a whole nother level, not religion, but a deep relationship, learning these spiritual disciplines is so important. And Identity and Destiny, the workbook, Finding Your God-Given Sweet Spot, can help you learn these things. I'm telling you, get a copy. It is the most powerful workbook out there. Pam, you've got a story that, that you feel our listeners need to hear. Well, I, I realized um, just two years ago, just how important it is to learn to hear God's voice, trust that it is him, validate it. But just as the scripture says in John 10 that I referenced earlier, um, we're his sheep, he is the good shepherd, and if we spend time with him through these spiritual disciplines, we will know his voice, and we're going to know it immediately. And there are some times in our lives 
when we need to know it's him immediately. Going through this whole looking for circumstances and validation and all that kind of thing, there may not be time for that. It's like if the two-by-four moment, you know, when God says something, you know it's him clearly— you don't call a committee to discuss whether or not that was God or not. You just act. <laughs> well, some people right? do because they didn't like what they heard. Well, that's true. That's true. And um, the two disciplines that we have yet to, to, to talk about are two of my favorites. Guided listening prayer is one that is basically just taking purposeful prayer and doing it in a, a, a time and a space when you can access, it's on our website, um, music that this amazing young man out of Alabama wrote spirit-filled music. No words, just very soft, spirit-filled music that allows you to quiet your soul and spend some time in prayer. And again, I think it just simply is about um, being able to focus. And sometimes the music will quiet you to a place where you can do that. So guided listening prayer is a really good one. Dialogue journaling is journaling as though you're having a conversation with God. And the, the way we teach it is to, to write it as though you're writing a script for a play. Like you say, God, colon, or no, let's say Pam, colon. Hi, God, it's me again. Could we talk today? God, colon, sure, I'm always here. Whatever, however you think he might answer your question or comment on what you're asking him or what he might be saying to you, just write it out. For a lot of people, that seems hokey. And honestly, when I first started doing it, I was like, I don't know about this. I'm not sure I'm buying this. But as I began to do it and just let it flow prayerfully, I began to get some of my best communication with the Lord through dialogue journaling. And through all of that, I came to really be able to know and trust God's, God's voice. And two years ago, I was on the golf course, got a phone call from my my youngest daughter, just 28 years old. And she had been to the doctor, and we knew there was some strange little things going on, but we really didn't think it was anything serious. When she called me, she said, they want to do more tests. And I hung up the phone after just talking to her briefly, because it was my turn to tee off. And I stood up at the tee box, and I learned, I turned around to my friend after just standing there for a moment and hearing God speak into my heart. And he said, Pam, you've got to move fast, and you've got to do it right now. And I just looked at her, and I said, I have to go. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. I had no idea what came next. I had no idea whether this was a big deal or it was just whatever. I just knew God had just alerted me that I needed to get moving Long story made short, I went home, I called our our physician, he said, get her here, it could be something very serious. Um, I got her in on the last flight out of Atlanta at midnight that night. We had her at the doctor's office as he had paved the way through God, slamming opening doors that were, could only be opened by God that fast. And by four o'clock that next day, she was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer at age 28. Now here's the interesting thing about that kind of cancer. That kind of cancer can go from onset to stage four in four weeks. Mm. God knew that. I didn't know that. And I, I look back on that now, and if I had not been in the habit of spending time with God and trusting his voice when I heard it, I could have very easily done what I would normally do, which is, oh, that couldn't be God. 
there's nothing to this. This is just an overreacting mom. The doctors know what they're doing. Don't get in a panic. None of that happened in that moment. This little sheep knew his voice. That's why it's so important. It could mean life or death. Now, here's the good news. We intervened early. Two years later, no evidence of disease. Praise God. Yeah, that's right. Praise God. Pam Wolf, identityanddestiny.com. Thanks so much for being on the air today. Thanks for sharing that story. Amen. There's nothing more I can add to that. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I want to challenge you for Christmas. Buy everybody you know a copy of this book, identityanddestiny.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him. I'm your host, Jim Brangenberg. Make sure you tune in tomorrow.